Hello and welcome to episode 4 of The 52, where two jabroni best friends with zero credentials reviewed 52 of Netflix's 2021 originals. My name is Nikki. My name is Greg. For the record, I lied about the credentials. He's a genius, and I went to film school at NYU. Let's get started. Okay, so things are going to be a little bit different this week. Mainly because we're still trying to figure out how we're doing this at all. But also because this movie is basically just a gigantic conversation and there really isn't that much. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, but there's not a lot of plot movement. So even though we're kind of doing this with the understanding that most people who are going to listen to this have already seen the movie and just want to listen along as part of a discussion... Um, I'm basically just going to read the plot off of Wikipedia and then we'll talk about things that we found interesting about the movie or things that were controversial. So this is Malcolm and Marie, um, writer, director, Malcolm Elliott returns home from his film premiere with his girlfriend, Marie Jones. Malcolm eagerly anticipates the critical reviews following the emotional audience response from the screening. When he notices Marie looking displeased, he urges her to tell him what is bothering her. Initially reluctant to start a fight in the middle of the night, she tells him that she is upset that she wasn't thanked or acknowledged in his speech at the premiere. Marie believes that she is the basis of his film, a drama about a struggling black female drug addict named Amani, as she herself was a drug addict when they met. Malcolm dismisses her accusations, claiming that the Amani is... Why would they even write it like that? That Imani is not based on her and is an amalgamation of different people. Marie insists that he would not have authentically portrayed Imani's struggles with drug abuse and addiction if they weren't together. Malcolm believes that Marie is overreacting, claiming that because she quit acting years ago, she is jealous of the actress who played Imani and that she is projecting her personal problems on him and his film. Marie affirms her position on his lack of acknowledgement and calls his talents mediocre. While Marie is taking a bath, Malcolm describes to her the different women he had relationships with who inspired the character of Imani, stating that only Imani's feelings of hopelessness were based on Marie. Later, Malcolm finds and reads the first critic review posted about his film. Despite the review being positive, he rants about the white female critic's political interpretation of his film as he didn't intend it to be political. He laments that film critics are focusing too much on his black male identity and projecting politics into their interpretations rather than judging him for his own merits. Marie playfully belittles his angry reaction to the positive review and his inability to take criticism before the two appear to be bonding again following their arguments. Before the two can begin to have sex, Marie provokes him when she asks why he didn't cast her as Amani, believing that she would have brought a vulnerability and authenticity to the character that could have made the film better. After they angrily accuse each other of being egotistical, Marie then brings out a knife and acts as if she is still a drug addict. She finally reveals that she was acting out a scene as Imani to demonstrate authenticity, scaring but impressing Malcolm over how convincing she is. The two go to their bedroom and argue once more, until Marie lectures him about him taking her for granted and his lack of acknowledgement of how their genuine love for each other inspired the film. Their arguing finally stops as they go to bed without saying anything to each other, only thanking each other before they sleep. Malcolm wakes up alone in the bed in the morning daylight. He finds Marie alone outside and joins her as they look across the distance, leaving the fate of their relationship unknown. Yes. 
this movie, uh, well, it's the first movie that was shot during quarantine. Um, so I don't know if, if anyone out there knows that. Um, so it, it kind of feels that way in that it's just two people in a room one evening. And there are some really good movies like that. I mean, The Breakfast Club is a little bit like that. I mean, it's an afternoon. There's more people. There's There are more people. Um, but again, this could have been done uh, better because it was just a lot of... Um, it Really, it's just a toxic relationship is what we're getting a little sneak peek at, uh, in my opinion. Um... Yeah, so it's basically just a toxic relationship that we get to see for an evening. In, like, the worst way. Well, yeah, it's, it's the annoying parts. The really annoying parts. And honestly, the fact that I love Zendaya makes this film more palatable, I guess. Really? For me, it was kind of the opposite. I don't know. I like her. I, that's why I was so angry. I was like, I had higher hopes. I mean, her acting wasn't bad. But why would you pick to be a part of this project? That's more of my question. Because it was more of a pet project of basically the entire Euphoria team. Which is worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, she it had is. very intimately involved with this project and she thought it was good. That's so. true. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I did. I was really just looking at her as basically the eye candy that got me through this movie. I didn't even feel that way. Um... I think Zendaya is beautiful and very talented. I also think she's very thin and I'm Dude. recovering anorexic. Which so thin. Yeah, so honestly some of this was triggering for me to see her. Um it was triggering. Uh <laughs> Yes. That's so yeah, she's beautiful, but at times I was like, Well, that looks like a dangerous road I almost went down. <laughs> um, although her frame is just smaller than my own. Uh so let's think about what really happened in this movie. So, dude makes a, a film about a recovering drug addict, right? Who's a teenager. Uh, well, we don't know if she's a teenager. Yeah, she's in her teens. They mention it. Or early teens. Uh-huh. Or, okay. Like late teens. Late teens. 20s. Um, and he comes home, and he really is kind of full of himself. I automatically don't like him very much. He's so full of himself. In yeah. like the, I'm an artiste way. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. So it, it was, and I, the the crowd reacted well. Like it, you he can already tell that this this was finally a hit. Like he's been working on movies for a decent amount of time supposedly, and like this is his first break. Like he can already there were, um, critics there who were already starting to rave about it to him at the end, like after the premiere. So he thinks he's made a break so far. Well, no, that's all well and good. It was just the way that he carried himself that was very, um, well, NYU film school-esque. Pompous. Uh, yeah, so you're just like, this guy's a douche. Which is ironic, since we just mentioned that you went to NYU. Well, yeah, but that's the the vibe. He was like one of those film bros. That's what we'd call him. Um, and it's also, honestly, it was a little weird to see him with Zendaya off the bat, because there is a significant age gap there. And you must wonder why. And it, and again, you find out later that he met her while she was a drug addict. On the streets. Yeah, so th- there's a little bit of this uncomfortableness it's for me. It's a weird power play. In my opinion, it is. For sure. <laughs> um, which made their intimate like scenes a little bit more... Creepy. 
un- yeah, definitely uncomfortable Creepy for because me. Because he was, in her own words, like the first person who loved her or showed her love. Yeah. So she's kind of enamored with him and might not realize that it's weird that this, like, semi-successful, went-to-college filmmaker decided to pick up a drug addict off the streets and be in a relationship with her? Yeah, basically, yeah. So that was definitely uh, one thing that I thought was uh, maybe just uncomfortable. That not It wasn't even really talked about in the film either, so it was just kind of a thing that was there. The age gap? No. No. Um, and also, he just treats her, like, really badly. Oh, he's awful, yes. It's but, like starting at the beginning of the movie. Yes, very, yes. But she also acts very much like a stereotypical or what the stereotypical woman does so she says again uh to reiterate that she doesn't want to start a fight when they get home even though she lets him know that she's angry she definitely started the fight but she's saying yeah because that's the that is starting the fight yeah by saying hey i don't want to start a fight (laughs) but you never thanked me after your speech like at your speech at the premiere yeah because then that's clearly starting the fight because then he's gonna be like well i just forgot and you're like, how could you forget? I'm and then your it's girlfriend. Yeah, it starts like and a it whole just thing. Went, that's that was, that's the beginning of the entire movie, people. Yeah, that's that's where everything changes. Um, and it, what is so weird though is that he tr- he tries to tell her that uh, their relationship or him meeting her has very little to do with his film. In fact, which is a little strange because it is about a young black drug addict, which she so happened to be when they had met. Yeah, and, and <laughs> in in the bath scene, where which first of all is horrible because they've already been arguing for so fucking long. She goes to take a relaxing bath and like get away from it all, and he follows her into the bath, and basically starts railing against her about how Amani wasn't her, and it was really these ten other bitches that he'd been fucking in the past. Which no one would ever, no one. No one ever... wants to hear about the sex that you've had with previous partners when you're in a relationship. And he he mentions like very small details about them too. in a way that he is almost obsessed with those other women. Well, not obsessed, but like that he could still even recall those things makes you feel he's seeing it in his head. Yeah, which makes you uncomfortable and upset because she was already also, upset. None of these women were drug addicts on the street. <laughs> He was like, oh, Amani doesn't walk like you. He walks, she walks like Trisha. Amani doesn't think like you. She thinks like Alicia. Like, no. Amani's a drug addict (laughs) in her teen years. Exactly like Marie was. Yes. um, So that that part's really funny, except, but then he does say, this is where the abuse comes in, mind you, that it's her hopelessness. Um, that is, that is like Marie. <laughs> so it's crazy. <laughs> and by the way, she had already cooked him dinner at this point. Which she... is a controversial scene for me because she made him basically boxed mac and cheese. She like judged it up a little, like there was butter and cream, whatever. She makes this mac and cheese for him while he's basically berating her and drinking and she finally leaves to go take her bath, I think, is where she disappeared to when he goes to eat the mac and cheese. And this man ate that mac and cheese like I have never seen anybody eat mac and cheese before. And it is almost scarring. I can't even... 
begin to fathom my uncomfortability with the way he ate that macaroni and cheese. The, well, you would have thought he'd never eaten in his life, but also that he'd never ever, closed his mouth. Ever. The chewing, the shoveling. Actually. Just all of it. It reminded me a lot of my father. <laughs> now that we're talking about it. And then he went to steal your mac and cheese. Yes. Yeah, Zenda didn't make any for herself because I don't think she eats. But... I mean, she made the whole fucking pot. And then he, <laughs> he ate the entire bowl in three bites, mouth full of macaroni and cheese, and went back for seconds yeah, while it. stewing about their argument. Yeah, it was definitely, like, really weird. Um... <laughs> I did not like that. No, of course. No, you're not supposed to like that. It makes you dislike him. Um, and then they go on to talk about um, the first critic review, he gets that like an email or something. Well, hold on, before we get there, first of all, she's smoking throughout this entire film. Weird vibe. Well, she was a previous drug addict. It doesn't really matter. True, that makes sense. There was this one. You remember that one shot where it was constant? It was. It had to have been on a track. The ca- The camera was following him through an outside window, as he walked back and forth in like the the kitchen to like living room area and the camera just fucking kept following him down coming back around following him down coming back around it was gratuitous they did it like six times well i mean this whole film is visually gratuitous in a way i mean we we had talked about how uh you'd read that they shot it on film which is not super practical anyway i'm not against movies being shot on film but like during a quarantine that seems really difficult. In black and white at night. Yeah, this seems really difficult. You're only allowed to have 12 people on set. Which is what we read. So, I... It feels like an art house film, or it really wants to be one, and you're not really even sure why they want to go about it this way. I'm not really sure. That's part of probably why she's smoking, too. Um, well, yeah, for to the give visual that look. effect. Yeah. Um, even Same though... reason they did it on film, for the graininess. You can put that in later. I know. <laughs> but they had to be that step extra. Yeah, you know, power to them, I guess. But I would have... If the movie were better, I probably wouldn't care. Or I would probably think it was cool. Because if the movie were better, it would have been a cool addition to it. But now it just seems more like a distraction. Like, if you had just paid attention to the script, like, maybe, instead of all this other shit. Like, <laughs> um, The critic review is annoying. Well, it's interesting because... It's a positive review. So, but then he's angry because the woman is white. So that's the first thing. He's angry. And not she, only because she's Well, no, white. no, no. She politicizes kind of what he's, or talks about that he's a black filmmaker and whatever in his lens. Yeah, because earlier in the night, he's, he's praising the fact that she's white. And he's like, that white bitch like sucked it all up. Like she's totally down for the film. Yeah, but she he made fell it. fell for it. Yeah, but he made it political already because he's fixating on her race. So then he's... Yeah. Yeah, so he's doing that already. But then she gives him the positive view that he's looking for. And he's like, oh, you know, this white bitch is trying to politicize my film. And, you know, whatever. I just feel like there's no... I think he's one of those people who just can't be happy. Because whether it was a positive or a Mm -hmm. negative view, he was going to be upset. And it had to do with her being white, regardless. Um, And also, it's just ridiculous to think that he's making a film not that it has to be political and he's like why can't i just be a black filmmaker your subject matter was not super neutral like that though 
You know what I'm saying? No, it's not like he made Elysium. He made fucking a, a movie about a black drug addict. Yeah, like, so, of course... And, that... and the, the issues that she ran into, both because of race and sex. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we don't So even... that is incredibly political. That... Inherently. Yeah. So, I to me, I was like, well, dude, like, you're just... Why are you picking a fight tonight? Like, that's, that's what I kept thinking. Like, why are you just so bugged? Like, you have this awesome, like premiere you got this great review you have this like really beautiful girlfriend and marie comes back at him and she's like okay you're saying this one wasn't political but you're literally doing a political expose as your next movie yeah like you are political um and then he agrees to it he's like well yeah that is political yeah but this shit wasn't yeah (laughs) like sure malcolm um but he's just super full of himself um so anyway, and then after this, she, you know, she belittles his reaction, as we read, and then they start kind of getting long. And it even is like, oh, they might start having sex, like, that kind of well, thing. Well, because they're getting frisky in the living room, and then they go out and, like, have a cigarette together, and they're listening to music. Again, the toxic relate. you have to go ba- back and forth. You gotta bounce back. Um, but Which both- is so tiring. Yes. Well- so tiring throughout the length <laughs> of the movie. Um... So yeah, before they have sex, though, she, she, not provokes him. I don't like that they say that she provokes him, but she definitely is not over what she was, her issues with him. Well, because they never actually settle anything ever during these arguments. Well, because in toxic relationships, you don't. No, and then the, (laughs) the actual reprieves from the arguments are so short that the next time the movie gets to them being angry at each other again, you're exhausted. Yeah. I was definitely like, can this movie end already? Um, Netflix theme. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, she was upset that he didn't cast her as Imani. Which has been a problem throughout the film as well. There's, do you remember the other actress's name? No, but it was some girl who was talented. It wasn't, the issue wasn't so much that. It was just that it, it wasn't her that was casted. Yes, which was kind of strange, and she was thanked obviously in the you know in the his- well the yeah the actress was thanked yeah. she wasn't, um but it's weird for a couple reasons because Imani did quit acting a few years prior, so right so like supposedly she didn't want to act yada yada, um what I don't understand is that they lived together and she was there during the pre production phase she the helps him with phase. every movie apparently she's his yeah that's her his ride or die yeah so. Why not ask? He even asked, like, why didn't you just ask to audition? No, she did audition, I think. Or they no, asked her ask. to audition. That was definitely part of it. I don't... Whether she, whether she actually auditioned or not, he said that he asked her to audition. I don't think I remember that. I thought she's, he asked, why didn't you ask to audition? Because she'd quit acting. Yeah, but he asked her anyway, I think. I don't think so. I mean, that's what I remember. It's not on the wiki. I don't know. I don't think so, but... The uh, wiki wasn't very detailed. Didn't even mention the mac and cheese. I don't know. Well, I think that's less of a plot point. Sorry. <laughs> Your issue with it. Um, either way, either either that he did ask her and she didn't she do it. She still had the opportunity. It was just so obvious. Like, just there. So, like, for me, for her to get so upset about this now, in hindsight, I'm like, you guys are just so... But that's one of those things where somebody expects somebody else to do something and they wait for them to do it. And even when they're 
basically past the, the point for that person to do that thing, they still stay there waiting because they expected that person to do it. Yeah, but it's so beyond that point. Well, yeah, because the movie's already fucking done. It's made. Like, it's been made and it's been premiered. Like, that's way too long after the fact. Um, so, yeah, so I was kind of like, you guys are super full of yourself. Uh, like, I don't even really like the Zendaya character because you're setting yourself up for failure doing this kind of thing. Um... And that she could have made the film better is what she's saying because she lived through the experiences that Imani has lived through. Even though, again, he is saying that Imani's not based off of you. <laughs> well, he's lying about that one. Of course. Um, and she probably could have done better than this she random was... actress lady that he chose. Probably. You know, what? but we never get to see his films a lot. We don't really know. Um, and That's then part two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then she does this scene that is really weird. I thought it was good. It was weird, though. It was like, why is this happening? Because they kind of gave us the red herring of her actually looking through the medicine cabinet first. Yeah, but I understand that. But what I'm saying, especially when you figure out what was what it was, you're just like, this is so over the top and crazy. I mean, that's who they are. Yeah, but it just was not enjoyable. Yeah, basically... <laughs> After one of their latest series of arguments, she goes to the bathroom, starts like poking around through the medicine cabinet, comes back out and confronts him in the living room with a kitchen knife, acting all like tweaked out and starts asking him where the medicine is, like where he's put the pills and saying that she hasn't been on her medic, like her, I guess, mental medication for months. And she has this huge kitchen knife with her and she's like tapping it menacingly on the on the floor and she's like drawing it against her skin and shit like that he's freaking the fuck out he doesn't know what the hell is going on and she just gets to a point where i think she was even like holding the blade directly against her arm and was threatening to cut herself until he gave her the medication and then she like threw the knife down and was like that's acting bitch and just walked away yeah but it's also abuse <laughs> well yeah because she's this is her boyfriend. She's emotionally abusing him. Like yeah, she, this he thinks that she, he, that she really hasn't been on her meds for that long, and she really will kill herself right there. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that's acting, but that's acting crazy. Like, but in that manipulative, fucked up kind of way. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy that. I was like, again, also triggering for someone who deals with suicidal ideation. I'm like, what is going on in this film? So much triggering for nothing going on. Um, technically, and so much yelling. Yes. There's oh, a lot of yelling. Poor sound guy who had to fucking edit this. Um, and he's actually impressed, which is the sick, sick part. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, damn, and maybe they, I should have casted her. And you're like, wow, I think these people are made for each other, you know? Because um, they're both sick pieces of shit. I mean, <laughs> she has the excuse of actually being a former drug addict. Fine. But he he really doesn't like he grew up in a in a fine neighborhood like he went to a good school. Why are you trash? Well, well, there's I feel like her only advantage to me is the age gap, like the maybe the grooming that happened. Like I don't really know. I mean, she's not necessarily to blame. No, I'm saying I don't blame her for that. I'm saying they're both sick pieces of shit, but I'm saying I might like her a little more because of the grooming aspect. Like, oh, he's yeah. an older man. Um, oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. She's just crazy. She might be crazy. 
yeah, I wish we got yeah. a little more backstory about what kind of drug addict she was, or that's what true drug because she was that doing. does affect like the whole story. Yeah, like it totally affects it. Or, Although like, I'm pretty sure he said he found her with like a needle in her arm, so I'm guessing heroin. heroin. And also, there was that little bit in the bathtub where he where she cheated on him. Oh yeah, but she might um, che- at one point with like somebody who was probably at her Narcotics Anonymous meeting was the way he made it sound. Yeah, but I don't think she cheated on him once. No, it might have been multiple times. I think she- <laughs> But, I mean, you chose to date, basically, a street urchin. Okay, whoa, Greg, that's getting political. I don't know. <laughs> she might- We don't know what her emotional issues are and why she sleeps around, because that can be... She clearly has some kind of mental disorder as well, if she's taking medication regularly. Yeah, but they didn't really even get into what that whole thing was about. No. So, like, we don't know if it's just, like, antidepressant. Like, I don't know. I don't know, but that doesn't also compulsively make you, like, sleep around, really. No, it was the drugs. If she was on them, yeah. Well, no, because he said he found her either, like, ODing or, like, with the needle in her arm at the other dude's house or, like, after finding out about that. Oh, okay. I just I just thought she, like, just had cheated on him a couple definitely times. definitely cheated on him, though. Um, so, yes. And then she goes on to say... Well, it's weird. Actually, by the time they hit the bedroom and she's saying, oh, you know, our love is what made this film so good. Our relationship. I almost kind of believed her. Not that I'm saying I didn't believe her, but I mean, because I don't really believe in their love or their relationship. But I was like, it almost seemed like he kind of understood where she was coming from. He's like, I should have thanked you. Which is really what he should have done in the beginning. Because then this whole film would have It makes happened. no sense that he didn't thank her. No. Which... But don't is the crux I... that we always run into because in, in almost every movie there's a decision that is made whether it's actually in the movie or before the events of the movie where if that hadn't been made or if it had been made differently the movie wouldn't exist. Well, but really he's a piece of shit for not thanking his fucking girlfriend who really is <laughs> the inspiration for this entire movie. But he should have just said that like I'm really sorry in a way where it was just believable to her. And that would have been it. Yeah, in the beginning. That would have been it. He could have either thanked her or really played off not thanking her and it would have been fine. But his ego is so jumped up that he had to be like, no, nah, I just forgot. Yeah, How that's do you forget? What well, I mean, you could forget. How do you forget? But you could forget and play it off. Or just say, like, there's ways to, like, kind of fix it a little bit. And then he could have just had a nice evening. He could have actually enjoyed his mac and cheese. He could have fucking... He could have had sex with her. He could have thanked her at the after party. But that's... There was an after party. Yeah, but he... He could have done a toast and, and, and had an addendum to his speech. He'd already forgotten. But he could also have... Yeah, he didn't add, give a fuck. He was shaking hands with everybody. But he, he could have added to the credits. It's not in theaters yet. Special thanks to whoever. You could do something like that. True, although it, she shouldn't have even been on, on the end credits for the premiere. That's not the point. If they she wasn't already, I'm just saying there's ways to fix this. Like, there's just he just didn't have to go that route. Hey, Bulu. But, yeah, anyway, so you almost kind of, like, fall for the bullshit at the end. You're like, well... Bulu's Nikki's cat. Yeah. Um, and then they finally stop arguing. They go to bed, and they thank each other before sleeping, like it says. So you think everything's kind of okay and cool. Um... But I almost forgot this part happened. But on the wiki, it says Malcolm wakes up alone in bed in the morning daylight. And he, like, freaks out. He's always freaking out over nothing. Well, this movie's dramatic. Like, he woke up, she wasn't in bed, flipped out. 
He was like, where the fuck is Murray? Well, I mean, they did have that crazy fight. All right, but like... And then he finds her alone outside and joins her as they look across the distance, leaving the fate of their relationship unknown. Like, that's not the vibe I got from that. I just thought they were fucking... Still together. Outside. Yeah, like, I'm like, these people will never leave each other. Yeah, I no one else will take them. breeze, honestly. Yeah. From a cooped up evening. I wasn't thinking, like, the fate. You know what's weird? He got so mad at her at some point in this movie when she decided to pee outside. Yeah. Why? It's weird that she did that. But it, it is weird that she did that, but she also said that she's never been out in the country. I wouldn't really call where they were the country. It was like a bougie home. That, the, someone that just happened to be, like, kind of far down a road in, like, California. Yeah, I was not... Yeah. I wouldn't call it the country. That was a nice fucking house. Too yeah. many windows, not enough shades. That's creepy as fuck. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere, down, like, a three-mile driveway, with just solid glass walls. It's because it's a movie. I'm sure there are shades. Obviously, it's just for the movie, but also creepy, because a lot of movies portray people living in houses with no shades, and it doesn't make sense. I think the shades are just up cool that like most of those panels slid though like they moved in and out of the house in yeah like 20 different shots in five different ways it was pretty cool like i'm yeah like again like on a superficial level the film's kind of cool um but the fact that i had to sit there and like listen to it for like an hour and a half not cool set design was cool costumes were okay like their outfits and again two good actors yeah just a bad script (laughs) and the bad vibe it just wasn't fun. It was just like it was. Which I guess it wasn't supposed to be. No, that's not true. I feel like I've seen dysfunctional um, characters or relationships that are fun. Well, yeah, but do you want to portray a dysfunctional relationship as fun? In a film, it's, it should be fun to you, and st- you can still know it's dysfunctional. It should be entertaining, which I think is what I'm what saying. What a lot of our podcast comes down to, yeah. Entertainment value. I mean, because this is fucking Netflix, like. It should be entertaining. That's just how I feel. <laughs> but, um, do you want to rate it? I don't know. Anything else you had that, like, jumped out at you? I mean, it has been a while since we watched this movie. Spoiler. Um, honestly, no. Because you, us reading this and, like, talking about it kind of jogged my memory. I don't think I had much more else, like, much to say about it when I first watched it. Other than I was like, well... Glad that's over with. She made a weird comment about him starting to smoke cigarettes again when she's been the one smoking cigarettes most of the film. I don't know what to make of that. That was just a weird tidbit. I don't know. Like, we saw him smoke a cigarette once and she came over and took it out of his hand and started smoking it herself and was like, you're starting this again? They just make these weird little jabs at each other. Like, even when they are in the good times. Like, she played that song. Remember when they were sitting outside? Yeah. And it was the song was basically like, my boyfriend's a piece of shit, but I stay with him anyway. It's very meta. The film's meta in a way. Um, but I think actually, I mean, does accurately describe a pretty toxic, like dysfunctional relationship. I mean, I've been in one and I can't say it doesn't look like that. And I've seen it from the outside and it definitely looks like that. It looks like that. Yeah, there's a lot less of those good times, and even in those good times, there is some weird underlying, like, we are bad for each other, there's we should subs, not be bro. here. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time. Um, and it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and 
It's really awful. Um, All right. I guess you've rated first for several of these. I guess it's my turn. Yeah, you go first. Bruh. Wow, he's really thinking. <laughs> I really am thinking. I think um, I even heard him swallow thinking. <laughs> 3.6. Whoa! Please give the explanation on that. That's a low. It was less than the dig. It's just what came to me. <laughs> the dig was visually stunning just because of the English countryside and like that actual like archaeological stuff that they were finding. There was more shit on, was going on cool. in the dig. There even... was a lot more going on. Even as boring um, as that movie was. Even fucking Space Sweepers was more, more interesting to oh, see. Oh, there was way more interesting. We waited that one. Uh, what Shit, we... I think that recording was like an hour long. <laughs> yeah, well that's because so much happened. Um, yeah, dude. When I say 3.6, 3.6, man. Like, I don't even know. That's a good number, honestly. I can't even say that I argue with that. Because I, I would say. I wouldn't have seen this. No. I wouldn't have seen this. I wouldn't this. recommend and it And I to wanted anyone. to see it. Because the second I saw Zendaya, I was like, you know, let's see, let's see what she's onto this time. And then I was like, black and white, that's an interesting choice. Only you think that's an interesting choice. Well, it was interesting in, in, in this day and age. And then it's sort of meta because it's a movie about somebody who makes movies. And you're like, okay, just not worth it. Not worth the time. Not worth the anguish of trying to remember this for the podcast. <laughs> Plus, if you like Zendaya, you might just be, like, questioning her some more. Like, when someone you like does something stupid, you're like, you're, why? Like, you know what I mean? You care more about that bad decision. Yeah. And, and this is a side project her. from Euphoria. Which is a I good show. That show does make me very uncomfortable, though. Well, it's because it's real. But, but it's, it's not, also... Well, no, it's hyper real. It's not yeah. real. Um, which is kind of like this movie, in a way. Yeah. This was realer. But also hyper real. Well, hyper real because yeah. it's very dramatic. What's yours? Oh, I yeah, honestly. You I, think you'd go higher than me? No, honestly, when you said that, it I mean, made it complete realistic. sense. Three yeah. three point six sounded kind of real to me. I mean, no, I I think I might even agree with you. I don't feel the need to either go below or above you because I can even say like three point seven. Like why? Yeah, like what earned it that extra point? Just to be different. And then you could go lower, <laughs> but like. It was a well-made movie for, especially for the the situation in in real life that they were in. You mean the quarantine? Yeah, and like the the limited staff, limited crew kind of thing. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of movies where they have cons- confined spaces, and you can do so much with them that you're just kind of like, what a wasted opportunity. And then that that's the best we can do, like as a first film during quarantine. Like we have to keep that forever. Like, that's in our history now. Malco- we keep every Malco- movie forever. No, I'm saying that is the first film during quarantine. Like, that's in our history. Also, the part that makes me want to give it a 3.5, Marie. He doesn't like that her name is Marie. She, he wishes it was Mary. Just Malcolm and Mary. It, it just seems like it rolls off the tongue better. Malcolm and Marie? I don't know. Marie. Is that yeah, mean? like Marie? I don't like Marie just based on that name. Sorry for all the Maries out there. <laughs> I think it's a more interesting version of Mary. Um, but do you need a more interesting version of Mary? Does this film need to be shot in film? No. <laughs> not at all. 
you know, does it need a lot of this shit? I don't know. Um, Malcolm? That's like a stereotypical political black man's name. Like Malcolm X? (laughs) For somebody who's trying to say he's not political. Yeah. (laughs) His parents named him, though, you think. Prove it. Yeah, we don't know anything about their families, actually. Dude could have given himself his own stage name. Everybody in Hollywood does it. Yeah, I guess I'm going to say I agree with that. 3.6, y'all. I also do wish that the mac and cheese was better. This is a black couple. It was Kraft. I think. It might have even been, like, off-brand Kraft. Don't say anything like Velveeta, though. These people had money. Who bought it, though? Because this is a house that was set up for them by the production Well, they've been there a while. I'm sure they bought it. It was the one day. I think it was for the premiere. That's what he said. Really? They only get to see the other one? Oh, I guess that would make sense why she was so obsessed about peeing outside. Yeah, because she she wasn't from around there, and that was, like, where they were going to be for that night. I think it was just for the premiere. Like, it was a place for them to stage close to where the premiere would happen and then go for the night. Like, instead of staying at a hotel. Yeah, we don't get a lot of their history, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, that's I will agree with Gregory on that. 3.6. Uh, and on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's in the, the 50s. Is it? Let's check that just for... I'm pretty sure. Fifty-seven. That's almost too high. Yeah, it is a little too high. Fifty-seven, and then fifty-three on Metacritic, and six point seven on IMDb. Two out of five by Rolling Stone for whatever that means. <laughs> means something. <laughs> And it's longer than an hour and a half. It's an hour and 46 minutes. Which isn't even that long compared to most movies nowadays. It just dragged in a different way from the dig. Oh my god. This one person... Oh yeah, from Rolling Stones, it's a little snippet. It says, turn the movie off at 20 minute mark and you can ultimately say you've still seen the entire thing. Scathing. I agree with that though. (laughs) That's amazing. That is so Now I almost feel like watching the first 20 minutes just to see what that's like if you stop it there. But I also don't want to subject myself to that torture. All those is top voted tags. Strong acting, thought-provoking, intense, authentic acting. I mean, I'm sure the acting was strong. It just... the Unique, must watch. The writing wasn't great. These These are are all tags on the same review? No, this is just his top voted tags. This is like some weird Google shit. Um... Google's wrong sometimes. Very infrequently, but... But, but yeah, so that's, um... That's it, y'all. That's Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> 3.6. This is Greg and Nikki, and uh, hopefully you rate this uh, podcast a little higher. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right, bye. See you next week with... I don't even know, so... Yeah. Bye. See you.